The Murray State Basketball Podcast is brought to you by the Murray Flower Company. If you're in Callaway County and need flowers, the best place to go is the Murray Flower Company. Whether you're celebrating a new arrival, the life of a loved one, or any point in between, the Murray Flower Company has you covered. Visit them on the square in Murray at 403 Maple Street or online at murrayflowercompany.com. Welcome in to the Murray State Basketball Podcast, the Ride Home Edition after Murray State's so many words, so little time. Let's just go with improbable comeback. 66-65, the final. The Racers down as many as 22 against Chicago State lead for nine entire seconds the entire night they just happened to be the final nine seconds as Rob Perry scored two of his four on the night with nine seconds to go giving the racers their first and only lead and then he makes the defensive play at the end to force a bad shot from Chicago State and the racers no other way to put it. Escape tonight. 66-65. I, I just checked my watch as I was getting into the car. Almost 13,000 steps today. And I'm pretty sure I put about 7,000 of them on during this game. This was... I... <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was doing this driving home. I, I knew it at 7 o'clock. I knew it at 7.30. I knew it at 8. And it was like the narrative of how we were going to talk about this game feels like it changed 50 times in the last two hours. And I promise there will be a point in the next few minutes that we are going to have a gigantic yeah but. But we are going to start with racers win, racers win. There is never an apology needed for winning. There just isn't. If you didn't like how it went, I'm sorry. If you left with 11 minutes to go, like a bunch of people I saw leave, I'm sorry. Racers win. They're 6-4. and four. Rob Perry, the game winner with nine seconds left. DJ Burns, 18 points, 14 rebounds. Plenty to get to with him. Jacoby Wood, four at the half. Goes seven for seven in the second half. Finishes with 24. Hits some massive threes down the stretch. And for the second straight game... We have seen that this team has some heart. And they've got some guts. And they will not lay down. And it is impossibly impressive to see them. Just the resilience that they've put forth. And there was a bit here... You know, we saw it against Bellarmine on Saturday. You're down 18. 
You go on a 16-0 run. You get back to within two. Everything's on your side. And then it's just like the tank's empty. You can't get over the hill. I think it was a 10-2 quick run. Bellerman's back up 10. And that was it. With this one, you're down 22. You climb all the way back to one. And it felt like Bellerman 2.0 because Chicago State hits a massive three. It's another two. They're back up six. And it was just like they they just did it. They did it again. The hole was too deep to climb all the way out. And then this team just found something. They just found something somewhere. And a lot of that was Jacoby Wood. With some huge buckets down the stretch. A massive three with the shot clock running out with 145, which was one of the most, for everybody in the building, I think at that point, as I was walking laps, I was in the far end behind the band. And so there's sort of, it was, you know, the students students weren't there. The band's only half full because students aren't there. There wasn't, it was, it was, it's just kind of an empty pocket in the building. And so you could hear the crowd, the way you hear the crowd was just a little different. Murray's down six. You know, you're under two minutes. You're feeling like this is, you know, the last gasp has come and gone. And for whatever reason, Murray cannot get a shot. And the shot clock is winding down. It's three, it's two, it's one. And Quincy Anderson is trying to, you know, he's trying to make moves, trying to find some sliver of daylight so he can get a shot up. And he passes to Jacoby in that 2-1 window of the clock. And there is almost this just shriek of, of nothing short of horror from the crowd that I can't believe we're about to have a shot clock violation. And then Jacoby lets it fly. And the shot clock buzzer goes off. And it's just in that moment. Like, how long does it take for the ball to leave his hand and end up in the basket? A second? You know, maybe a second and a half? And it was just, it was silent in the arena. It was just like the ball left his hand, buzzer goes off, silent. And then it just rips the net. And the place erupts, and now it's three. And you're like, all right, here we go. And they get another bucket to get it to one. And then, of course, Chicago State comes down and bangs another three. And you're like, and, you know, you're down four with 40 seconds left. They were down four with 40 seconds left. Jacoby won. Jacoby Wood gets another and one with a blow to the forehead. Finishes, makes the free throw. You're down one. Murray fouls. Chicago State misses the front end. Here they come. And it's a little disjointed late. You get to those final 10 seconds. Woods looking for some daylight. Looking, 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 looking. And this is where you start worrying about hero ball and who's who's going to you know pull up and take an unnecessary 15-footer. And Rob freaking Perry. The dude has just been scoring at will through this year. And for the third time in four games, the game winner. Somehow beat his guy and just goes and finishes at the rim. And then on the other end, 
forces, you know, Chicago State, they got into hero ball. I mean, you're down one with nine seconds, you just attack the basket. And I, I don't I don't remember who had the ball at the top, but it was like I could tell as soon as he, he took kind of a side dribble, and I was like, oh, he's going to jack up a three for the win. And got poked away, and he had to take a shot. He didn't want to, and, and that was it. And Murray gets out of there 66-65. It was a... It was a master class uh, in, resi- in resilience and just guts and, you know, it's something to, you know, it's something to build on. It's something to build on. It's got a little bit of a feeling of how many times can we, you know, reach for the hot stove without getting burned. You know, you had the big lead against Illinois State. Give it all away. You get to overtime. Rob hits the big shot. Go to Valpo. Bad start. Come all the way back. Go to overtime. Rob just scores everything in overtime, and you win. And now here again tonight, down 22. I did the women's game where it was 22-2. Murray was on top of Austin P before P rallied all the way back to win. Something in the water tonight. And now time for the yeah but. I won't try to belabor the yeah, but right now, but obviously, it's a, there's a <laughs> there's a gigantic yeah, but to this game. I was impossibly. I don't even know that disappointed is the right word. It was more of just stunned that for the third straight game, Steve Prome had to call a timeout before the first media timeout after three straight turnovers to open the game for the racers. And then it's 10-2. You're like, if ever there was a if ever there was an opening four-minute period, you're at home. You just played as bad of a game as you played all year 72 hours ago. You're playing a team that, on paper, is the easiest game you've got left on your schedule. This is the one. Just come out and blow their doors off early, and let's let's go. And instead, again, it was just, it was atrocious. And the worst part was, the atrocity of it all, it just got worse. It got worse. Like 30 to 8. Chicago State came in. They were full of energy. They were, I mean, they were hooting and hollering on the bench. I mean, it was just. Now look, we have hit the danger month for Murray here. We're in this six-week window, about four weeks, I guess. It's winter break. There are no students. There is no youthful energy in the building. It's just the adults. And the adults don't come walking in the door full of piss and vinegar, ready to make a bunch of noise and be all excited. You've got to impress them. Give us something to cheer about. Well, my Lord, there was nothing to cheer about for an hour and a half tonight. The starters that first half, they were bad. It was bad. Everybody was bad. I don't even want to pin it on the starters. Everybody was bad. You saw early. I mean, 
eight minutes to go in the first half. Justin Morgan, Sam Murray, both in the game. It was like, all right, we're, you know, we've already worked in Quincy Anderson. We've worked in Brian Moore. We're going to 8-9. And, and literally, that was Steve called his second time out of the first half with 9.04 to go. It's 28-8. And I wrote down in my notes, just empty the bench with five exclamation points. It was time. It was time. Now, it took him too early in the second half where it finally got there. But that was finally a, that was finally the screw this moment for Steve Prohm with this team. Screw this. I'm tired of watching this. Whatever this is, freshmen, go. And it wasn't all freshmen, but it was a lot of them. You got Brian Moore and you got Quincy Anderson, but then you got Morgan and you got Murray. We got Braxton Stacker for significant minutes for the first time this year. And it really changed the energy in the building. There was, on one hand, there's something beautiful about sports that we can all sit and watch, uh, you know, however many thousands of people are in there tonight. We're all watching the same thing. And, you know, you may grumble grumble with the people around you, but no one's having, like, full dialogues and, and, you know, (laughs) therapy sessions about what they're sitting through. But there's something so communal about sports because... It's like you get to the half, and all right, everybody stands up, you stretch your legs, you go to the bathroom, you go to the concession stand, and you just start running into people. And everybody's now going to just download their theory of what's happened to you. And if I heard it once, I heard it literally 10 times in that walk during halftime. I'd bench everybody and just put the freshman in. And finally, we got to that point. And so that was that was sort of the communal effect of you just had all this energy like, yes, what could be worse than we are right now? Just put them all in. While the energy shifted in the building, it was like for... Murray couldn't even get a shot up for a while. They make that change. It was 4629. This is going to be like a Tarantino film because we're going to jump forward and jump backwards and jump all over. But as I write down, it was 46-29. And in the next two minutes, Stacker had a turnover. Moore had a charge. Murray had a bad pass. And so now it's two minutes later and Chicago State has outscored Murray and the freshman and the, you know, the hockey five. The line change that came in, one to nothing. Maybe the good thing was they only gave up one. But it was just sort of this, the energy shift, they were just, the crowd was just begging for something good to happen. Or they weren't really begging, they were just, it was almost a a disgusting, you know, like they were disgusted with what they'd seen in the first half. And then, you know, Steve, you go into the locker room down 15, you think, all right, they're going to go peel some paint off the wall, things will be better here. And then they weren't. And then all those freshmen came in, and it just, again, just the energy shift in the building. Guys made a couple shots. Stacker got an and one. Morgan hit a three. They didn't really cut into the lead as much, but they were able to 
it, it just shifted things a little bit. And maybe that was, you know, that was that was what Steve needed at that moment. However, this ball is spinning, just knock it off its axis just a little bit. Part of the reason the racers got into such a huge hole, the final two minutes of the first half was just such an unnecessary disaster, for lack of a better phrase. You're down 22. They had climbed back to within 11. They miss an offensive rebound. Chicago State kicks it out. Wide open three. Hits it. Next time down the floor, another offensive rebound that was unnecessary. Kicks it out to the same dude in the corner. Wide open three. Hits it. So there's six unnecessary points. And then you're, you, you've scored, and you're down 13 with the ball. Shot clock's off. And the general rule of thumb is you want to take off. You want to start point guard. You want to attack between six and eight seconds to go. Get to the basket. You're either going the distance. You're going to pitch it out for a shot. Leaves enough time for an offensive rebound, and you get out. Well, Brian Moore took off like... 12. And so he drives and kicks to Kenny White, who shoots a three and misses. And now what? We've got eight or nine seconds left. So Chicago State not only gets a rebound, but is able to dribble the length of the floor. Quincy Anderson slips on a wet spot, whatever, just falls over, and they get an uncontested layup. If they just get two rebounds and throw it out of bounds, you know, and just take a shot in the final second instead of with 10 seconds left, that's eight points they just gave away. So instead of being down seven, you're down 15. It was just unnecessary. I think it's something that a little bit, if maybe the run comes sooner, I think you can point to it. But there was nothing I was happier to see than DJ Burns and dude from Chicago State getting tangled up and DJ looking like he was ready to fight everybody. And double technicals getting handed out. There's four minutes left in the first half. But that was the first time. That's what we talked about with Bellerman, where you just need that leadership moment of somebody who just wants to fight teammates were like let's go but you saw it against you know he was ready to go after Chicago State but it was like the frustration was building but it was like okay for the first time tonight 16 minutes into this game we have some proof of life we have some proof of life I don't know in the end if that ultimately had any sort of effect on the game But it was certainly nice to see and woke everybody up. Even though things kind of immediately went south again right after that. Chicago State came out hot. I mean, they were... They were... Let's see, where is my note? They started the game 13 of 17 from the floor. 13 of 17 from the floor. And then they went 10 for 39 the rest of the night. 
that was the problem early for Murray that there was a point where I think Sam Murray was in the game and he got a defensive rebound and there was a cheer from the crowd and it almost caught me off guard because it surprised me. And then I realized, oh, right, because there have been no defensive rebounds. Murray's best when they run. You can't run when you're taking the ball out of the net and they took the ball out of the net seemingly, you know, forever in the beginning. But as Steve said after the game, you know, they won the game in the second half with defense, which you would not have, <laughs> would you not have envisioned at 30-8. to eight. I mean, they gave up 23 points in the second half. I mean, that's going to do it. That's going to do it every night. While I... We will Tarantino this part right here as I go back uh, to the scrum. After the game, Steve Prohm asked about sort of how his team maintained their composure during that situation. And uh, this was Steve's response to that in his post-game press conference. Yeah, we were getting our butts kicked, so we need to keep level ahead. I mean, we were getting dominated. And so uh, Chicago State should come in here and play with an edge, you know. Um, I mean, they beat Valparaiso at home pretty bad. They beat Southern Indiana, who just beat Indiana State. Um, as I said, they're not the same. They're not the same team that when you just, you know, when I scheduled them, I thought we were getting. You know, I mean, that's just reality. But that's part of the portal, and that 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 you just don't know now. And uh, I knew this was going to be a tough game. It was probably a notch or two tougher than I expected, though. Obviously, this is the deal with Murray, and this this is I've said it before. I will say it now. I will say it again multiple times. There are going to be a handful of games this year that we are going to look at and say, I can't believe they won that game. There's going to be a handful of games that I'm going to say, I can't believe they lost that game. This is the first game that gets both of them because this this was going to be, I can't believe they lost that game that they then pulled out of the fire in the last nine seconds and said, I can't believe they won that game. I can't believe they won the game. They had no business winning this game. They had no business winning it. But they were able to get the snowball rolling. You got those, you know, Steve sat the five starters down, put five new in, said, go get them, sit and watch. And when they came back in, it was different. It was different. Jacoby Wood, again, 20 in the second half. DJ Burns was was just great. I don't know that he took a shot outside of two feet, but 18 points, 14 rebounds, take it and run. 19th straight home win. DJ Burns is waiting to go on the radio after the game. He's like, I've never lost in this building. That's pretty damn cool. And as he looked into the ESPN Plus camera, he said, this is our house and we don't give up. And that's what we saw tonight. That's what we saw tonight. This is the racers' biggest halftime deficit that they have come back to win uh, since they were down 16 at Tennessee State. January 4th, 2007. They were down 15 tonight at the half. Came back to win. Almost a year ago to the day. Last year at Memphis. They were down 14 at the half on the road. Came back to win. 
Tonight down 15, the most since 2007. There is a lot of work to do for this team, quite obviously. But it's a whole lot better trying to fix those problems after a win than after a loss. Next up, it'll be Austin P coming in on Friday night to the CFSB Center as the old OVC foes meet up again this time. It's Missouri Valley versus A-Sun. Oh, I'm tired. I'm not going to lie to you. I am tired. This has been, uh, man, sports are fun. They are so much fun. Tonight was fun. Tonight was fun. But as we, I think it was last week, two weeks ago now, I guess after the Illinois State game, I don't know how much, uh, I'm not. I'm not fully sure how mu- how much we can take this this year because this is <laughs> Steve Prohm. As I was walking with him tonight after the game, I don't remember seeing so much gray in his beard three weeks ago. But it's <laughs> he is aging before our eyes. He is aging before our eyes, much like all of us. But whatever you paid tonight, you got your money's worth. As the racers get out of there. 66 to 65. All right, we'll be back on Thursday. Crunch some numbers from this one, and we'll also start spinning ahead and get you ready for the racers and the Govs Friday night at the CFSB Center. Before I hang out, let me just check my notes one more time. One more time, make sure I didn't forget anything. Um, nope, I think that's about it. I th- oh, yeah, one more, one more like cranky thing before I leave. So apparently, and I, you know, I, I wasn't able to get clarification from the officials, but there was a point in the second half where one of the one of the Chicago State players flopped. Two officials blew the whistle and and gave the flop signal, that sort of get up signal, and there was no technical foul issue, which is what they have done in previous games. So, as we said at the beginning of the year, those are that rule seems to be, you know, every time there's a uh, a point of emphasis. It tends to be very strict in the first two weeks of the season and drifts away. And apparently, we're just not even calling that anymore because that should have been a free throw for the racers. But in the end, they didn't need it. But that's just me howling at the moon, I guess. Is I it's the one thing I was like, I I don't know why we've stopped calling that, but apparently we've we've stopped calling that. So sixty six sixty five racers get the win over chicago state that does it for the ride home podcast thanks as always for listening apple spotify google wherever you get us listen subscribe do all that good stuff help a brother out uh, have a wonderful uh, by the time any of you are listening to this it is uh, i don't even know what day of the week it is anymore it's a tuesday wednesday morning now it'll be wednesday morning uh, thanks for listening and we will uh, talk to you on thursday